to Let's Jaws for a Minute, the podcast which takes a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 classic film, Jaws, Minute by Minute, or thereabouts. I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I am Sarah Buttery, and it's just us this week, but we still have a fantastic Jaws moment to talk about. Uh, I watched this scene so many times uh, in preparation for recording this episode because it's so great and there's so much going on, there's so much dialogue. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of things, and yeah. I mean, you accidentally watched 20 minutes of this, 20 minutes, 20 seconds of <laughs> this um, last week, MJ, but uh, I'm guessing you watched those 20 seconds again, and then the rest of the scene also. Um, yeah, there's, I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about this, um, like we did last week as well, because we are starting uh right after the the tiger shark uh guy he features heavily in this scene as well so we'll continue to talk about him even though we still don't know his name uh but the timestamp of this scene is 34 minutes and 27 seconds to 36 minutes and 5 seconds so like i said this happens right after the uh tiger shark guy um larry enters the enters the scene seems very happy very relieved that the shark has been caught uh there's an altercation between the fishermen the the chump fishermen as we've called them and hooper um and then hooper takes Brody aside and basically tells him what we have known all along uh that this is not the shark that they are looking for it is a shark but not the shark um and that is pretty much it we leave it when uh a bit of a cliffhanger because the mention of Alex Kintner and then the bit that follows this this is when Mrs. Kintner arrives um and we sort of leave this scene as uh Larry Brody and Hooper are kind of looking up uh she has just arrived but this is where that's where we stop it so we'll have to talk about that uh memorable uh moment between Mrs. Kintner and Brody next week but yeah let's let's talk about this bit so MJ anything Anything that really stuck out for you in this in this moment? Uh, there's a few things. Mm-hmm. One, um, Larry gets Harry's name wrong. Mm. He says, "Is Ben taking lots of pictures?" I can I can correct this immediately. The uh, photographer who is oh true true with Harry is called Ben. Uh, I think that's in the lo- the previous scene as well he's um talking to him where he says ben or yeah because i thought that as well i was like huh that's not the guy's name but yeah yeah that makes sense okay (laughs) i just immediately went to ben gardner um (laughs) also uh i know the 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 leap day william and the uh, what guy are kind of the focus at the beginning of the scene when Mm -hmm. they're verbally threatening to shove hooper's head into the shark's mouth but for me something i noticed that i've never seen in this movie before 
is the third guy who yes. sort of looks like Creed from The Office, who's just blowing on his <laughs> neck for no reason. I noticed that when I was watching it this morning and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I paused and rewound on that exact bit because I was like, is he is he blowing on him? Like, what is happening? <laughs> He's literally like trying to huff and puff and blow Hooper down. Like... <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I noticed that for the first time also and it made me laugh so much because Hooper reacts to it as well. Like, he's like, get off. <laughs> it's like, get off. <laughs> yeah, he's like huffing and puffing like a cartoon bully. Like, what is... <laughs> he might as well He might as well be Pete from the Disney cartoons at this point. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah... Yeah, I've I can't believe I've never well I've spotted that guy before because I think he has a line in the previous scene, um when he is like speculating what type of shark it might be. But I have never noticed yeah. him like blowing on Hooper's neck before, and that's very funny. Yeah, there's that, and then um there's oh when uh I don't remember if it's Larry or uh Brody says uh we can breathe again. I was like oh man, this really is like right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's Larry. Uh, it's the yeah. first thing he says in this scene. Yeah, my reaction to that was like, ah, oh, I feel that. <laughs> I mean, I don't because we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but mm-hmm. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> we can breathe again. Mm, must be nice. <laughs> yeah, let me know what that's like. Yeah, is it right? I did you pick up on the 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 sound on that line does not sound good because I want to make sure it's not my ears. Oh, yeah, it sounds horrible. The mm-hmm. ADR is really bad. I talked about this last week that it's because they're pushing the the tech to its absolute limits. But this, so this part with Larry and Brody interacting, there's almost nothing else of the conversation in the mix. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like they didn't pick it up too well when they were filming it, which is makes sense because they have that big crowd right there and they have a lot of ocean noise. But then it, it almost sounds like they ran out of time to really go and clean it up well because it sounds it sounds worse than the the stuff we were talking about last week to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not sound very good, and I'm now very proud of myself every time I pick this up because I'm like, well, clearly enough time talking to talking to MJ about this film has meant that I am now listening out for these things that I probably never would have picked up on before. So. Uh... Job, yeah. job done. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah's going to be like, who's the audio engineer now, MF? Yeah. <laughs> this is my podcast now. I'm taking over. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we get that, and then we get this, uh, the interaction between Hooper and Larry, and I love how distracted Hooper is mm. by the, like, he's completely dismissive of like, he has no interest in meeting the mayor of the town. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Larry is like very rude to him though. It's kind of like a, a, it's a pretty mutual awkward first meeting of two people who really just don't have the time for each other. It's just like Brody is there and it's like a, a family 
gathering or something where you're introduced to some like distant relative that you've never met before and you just have no interest in talking to this person but Larry like barely even makes eye contact with Hooper like he's quite he's pretty dismissive and is is sort of looking beyond Hooper to see like the shark hanging up in the background and Mm. and he's really not interested in talking to Hooper at all and Hooper is pleasant enough he sort of says like nice to meet you and shakes his hand and but i both of them in their defense of how they're not sort of you know uh overflowing with enthusiasm about meeting each other hooper is distracted because he wants to talk to brody you can hear him sort of after that introduction say to brody you know like can i talk to you for a second and larry is distracted by the shark and what he can see there so neither one of them wants to be having that meeting or conversation with each other in at that exact moment in time because both are kind of like thinking about other things and um yeah hooper's like focus in this scene is it's continuing from last week really where we said that he is like all business from the moment they arrive at the dock he is like straight over to the shark measuring it and Mm -hmm. and doing his thing and and he's very serious in this scene and he really has no time for those those guys at all and and backs away from that conversation and the tone that he takes with Brody when he's talking to him about that he doesn't think this is the shark is so interesting it's so great this might be one of my favorite interactions between Brody and Hooper because Hooper is obviously trying to convince Brody that you know this this is not the shark that the work is not done this isn't job done go and put your feet up at home this is like potentially the work is just beginning and this is only the start of it um so he's very relational in the way he talks to him he he says mart he calls him martin he doesn't call him chief um or anything like that so he's clearly trying to sort of really get get through to him and just another excuse to talk about roy scheider's excellent face which is excellent mm-hmm. in general, but you know specifically in an acting sense. Um, the 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 change in his face as Hooper sort of talks to him more and more, he goes from being really like a bit like dismissive again, like just sort of like oh no, you know, laughing almost. And it's it's clear when Larry is in earshot that he's putting on a bit of an act for Larry as well, which is an interesting dynamic. Um, but the change in his face when Hooper set, delivers sort of that like gut punch line of the bite radius doesn't match the wounds on the victim, and you just see his you see his face drop, his eyes go to the floor. Mm-hmm. He is suddenly, um, you know, very serious and really considering the consequences of what Hooper has just told him, and you see that come across in his face, and it's so it's so good. I mean. It, give me any excuse to talk about Roy Scheider's acting because I will take it. I will seize it. <laughs> he does this great. I'm going to, I'm going to sound like Tyra Banks for a little bit, I guess he, he has this great like way he smiles with his eyes mm-hmm. and he, the way you watch that light disappear mm. from it, his eyes in particular in that moment is so good. It's mm-hmm. man. It's he's so good in this movie. This is actually, I think the best piece of acting from, or one of the best pieces of acting from all three of these guys yeah. in this movie. Hooper and 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 Larry don't interact a lot mm. more. Um, they have one key scene later, mm-hmm. um, 
but I don't remember a lot, a ton of interactions with them. But Murray Hamilton's also fantastic in this scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's so so good. The way he creeps up behind them and like he's not quite eavesdropping, but he also is totally eavesdropping at the same time. Like it's mm. it's it's not not for him to hear, but it, it, he's not like part of that conversation. And then kind of he doesn't force his way in there, but he sees like. I think it's a, it paints him as a smart politician where, like, he is shaking hands and kissing babies of sorts mm-hmm. out over by the shark. And then he keys into, hey, these are the two key players right now mm. about this. And, like, I need to hear what they have to say, too. And the way he performs it, because this is, once again, one of those sneaky Spielberg one-take shots mm-hmm. that... It's all in one shot, but it's so close and it, you don't really think about it. And... and it would have been so easy to just do this as a shot reverse shot, but Spielberg goes the extra mile here to make the Brody and Hooper's heads frame the fisherman and Larry, and then have Larry come draw closer to their conversation. And it's really dynamic and mm-hmm. oh, it's so great. It's it's so well shot. Mm. Yeah, this is, it's reminds me just in the way that it's shot and the blocking and it being with the three characters as well i mean having three characters in shot is quite we see it throughout jaws and obviously we get it Mm -hmm. a lot in the latter half when we only have the three characters but this is it's similar to the ferry scene um in the way that it sort of and Brody is in the same position as he was. I'm, I'm just looking at the still of it now with um, when he was talking to Larry on the on the ferry. And Brody is in pretty much exactly the same position. So he's over to the left-hand side of the screen. He's sort of like looking mm-hmm. in that other direction. And But in place of, of Larry, we now have Hooper who is sort of talking to him and then Larry is in, in the background. But we have that thing that we've seen a lot and talked about a lot in previous episodes as well, which is that idea of like separating away from from the pack. And Hooper does that to Brody in this scene. He takes him away from the the fisherman, the sort of the the circus, the media circus that is happening in the background. Takes Brody away from all of that, and it then comes in really close on on these characters to the point where we see a little bit of fake shark in the background a little bit of chump fisherman but not a lot else apart from these three characters once larry comes in and they sort of like fill the screen and this is a this is a great example i think of that technique that we see from spielberg a lot and this i mean this guy just really knows how to just how to put together a shot it's so Mm -hmm. simple it's just a conversation between two people with one kind of eavesdropper who then becomes part of the conversation but it's just so much in the way that it mimics conversations serious conversations that we've seen previously and that this is similar in the way that it's set out and that you know idea like we've spoken about before of taking that person away separating from the pack is something that the shark does and the shark is itself you know this lone lone swimmer rogue i think it's referred to and yeah it's i just uh, it's so good oh I just, <laughs> what a great scene <laughs> i lost I, my so train of thought there but yeah i, I think too it, it represents and this is this might come off meaner than i mean it towards brody but i i think uh i actually mean it very positively 
the power dynamic has shifted from Larry having influence mm-hmm. over Brody to mm-hmm. Hooper having influence over Brody. Mm-hmm. And we see that reflected in the blocking as well, because Hooper's in this place of power where he's equal, right? He's a, he's as in focus as Brody is the way Larry was on the ferry. Mm-hmm. And then Larry's just kind of looming in the background, waiting to hear what Brody's going to say to him. Like he does not necessarily have the power in this scene, even though he's the political figure of the town now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Brody push back to Larry because there's this third party. We've talked about it before in Hooper who has completely verified exactly what he thought originally which is that this is a shark attack Mm -hmm. and there's no use as we'll see next week there's no use in hiding this uh with you know anymore there's there's no reason to hide behind this boat accident narrative Mm -hmm. that larry and and you know the medical examiner and and harry meadows are, are so adamant at keeping you know afloat uh mm. so to speak and and so that's not to say brody's like without agency and isn't making his own decisions because he very uh, he very obviously could also just completely ignore hooper because he's so happy that they found a shark mm. and that would put him siding with larry so it's not that you know one of these guys is influencing their will over brody and he's you know this complete shell of a person that can't make his own decisions but it, it is interesting that that hooper has this kind of influence and and pull with Brody that Larry once had. Mm -hmm. And it shows Brody's now growing and ever-growing distrust of Larry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see Brody really conflicted in this scene, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very subtly done, but he is sort of torn between the feeling um jovial and and happy that the that the shark has been caught and then also just facing this really harsh reality of actually you know like we said maybe this is just the beginning actually this isn't the this isn't the end in a alternate timeline this could have been the end of the film you know the the shark was caught and and that's it and it's still it's still close to being over because obviously uh, Hooper's suggestion is that they uh, can cut open the shark and because of it's how long it takes food to work its way through the system, whatever the shark has eaten recently, sorry, will still be in there. So um, Brody, sorry, is trying to process all of that and it's a real uh, roller coaster that he's gone on in just these sort of few brief moments because the elation that he has felt of being like yes we, you know we've got the shark this is it and then the you know this that being snatched away from him like so quickly with hooper very reasonably and rationally explaining you know actually no and here is and here's what we need to do next and and here are the next steps but yeah we see that conflict just written all across brody's face and it's it's so it's so well done and absolute credit to um murray hamilton as well for he's so he's so good in this scene i don't know if he gets enough credit in jaws Mm -hmm. for i think people just remember him as like the slimy mayor who is like a really terrible person but god he's good (laughs) yeah and the suit everyone remembers the anchor suit but he's so great in this and i think as well this moment is significant for the fact that I think this is the first time that Larry even entertains the idea 
that a shark might have killed Alex because mm, mm-hmm. it's quite a it's fairly comical in the way it's delivered but he sort of says like you know I don't want you to perform some half-assed autopsy uh, and see that uh, little kintner boy spill out all over the dock or something along those lines anyway so he yeah even though it's like a bit of a punchline he in that moment is acknowledging that yeah that little boy could be inside that shark and I don't think at any point prior to this he's really entertained the idea that the shark even exists let alone that it might be responsible for what happened yeah and that's kind of how we see his arc evolve over the rest of the the film right because mm. you know he he obviously is on board by the time the second half launches right he mm-hmm. he has he has a change of heart like that's no secret but that line too it's one of the moments where like it's one of the few times where i'm on larry's side mm-hmm. like I, so I, I okay let me rephrase that I'm on Larry's <laughs> side in the scene until I'm not because yeah. <laughs> I absolutely think it is not the right decision to just go over there and cut that shark open right now mm-hmm. it, on the off chance that Alex Kittner is inside that shark still mm-hmm. um, because that would be horrifying like mm-hmm. that would be even more terrifying and traumatizing to the community arguably more than watching the kid <laughs> die in the first place um but Larry also doesn't say come back to the dock later and cut this open and we'll verify that mm. either, which is why I'm not on his side in this scene. So I think he's got 50, he's 50% correct on this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if this is, they say a broken clock is right twice a day. This one, only the 30 minutes part is working. Mm. It's, it's half right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I do think it's the right call to not just be like, hey, let's go cut the shark open and verify and just see these remains spilling out. Like, and I think that 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 is important for Hooper to realize because Hooper is very like, all right, this is what we have to do. Let's go do it. And he's clearly not thinking about the consequences either way. He's thinking about like getting the facts. Like, I just need the facts and I need them right now. Mm. And I totally can't relate. But uh <laughs> You know, it takes it takes Larry coming and being like, hey, guys, like not not the time or the place to really be doing this. But he also suggests no alternative, Mm -hmm. um, which shows the denial he is still in, even though he is slowly warming up to the idea of this being a shark. Mm. Yeah. On the on the slight flip side of that and just, you know, Larry is still a pretty terrible person but yes it's uh it's interesting how like at the start I, we, we commented on that the um adr wasn't great but the mm. what he sort of says to brody when he first enters the scene um and we mentioned about him saying uh is ben getting plenty of pictures so he at that point obviously this is backtracking a little bit but he at that point it's clear that what he wants is proof that this that the shark has been caught because it's unspoken but what is going on behind the scenes is that he wants that slapped on every front page of every newspaper on every news channel so Mm. that you know they're really against the clock here like fourth of july is imminent and they want to make sure that people are still going to come to amity for their holidays so he's still you know obviously at that point to give him some credit i suppose he all he is seeing is this shark carcass hanging up and 
until you get that sort of explanation later from Hooper, yes, of course, his first reaction is going to be, he's very happy, but also he wants everyone to see. <laughs> this isn't just like, yay, we caught the shark, now no more people are going to die. It's like, yay, we caught the shark, get that picture, put it in the paper, make sure these people come here for their holidays. So, as uh, you know, he's still, he is not off the hook entirely. I think there is one moment from Larry that we haven't spoken about yet uh much later sort of when he's in the hospital when you see him like visibly shaken that I think is yeah. really the only time we see the true human side of of Larry but Murray Hamilton does some great silent acting in this scene as well so when mm-hmm. um Brody and Hooper are talking he is in the background uh, sort of listening in and I, I noted that he blinks more than I have seen any man blink. <laughs> but um, he's and his his fabulous like coiffured hair is sort of like blowing in the breeze as well. It's it's really fun to look at. Um, but yeah, he is he is taking it all in and you sort of see like you see Brody's face change as well. Larry actually sort of seems to be catching on to what Brody is saying a lot quicker i think you see him you you almost see like the cogs turning in his brain a little bit where he is like pretty serious about it and he looks like he is obviously you know trying to to take in everything that hooper is is saying and that this might not be over um brody is kind of putting on a bit of an act when larry comes over as well it's very different from how we've seen him be before and sort of when he sees that Larry is is there and is listening he shifts slightly and is also trying not to be uh he's he's not tr- sort of trying to look like he is too on side with Hooper at that point if that makes sense mm-hmm. he is yeah he's like no you know I'm I'm sure this is the shark or you know look at it sort of thing and and being quite sort of upbeat about things but yeah there's oh isn't it just great? <laughs> it's it's so good. And and I think the other thing too is like not that Larry's without power in this scene, but he's mm. not creeping up confident, chest chest out, you know, he's nope. a little hunched over, his neck's craned in, listen really listening to what mm-hmm. Hooper's saying. And like you said, he is really taking into account what he is saying and he looks over at the shark and looks back at Hooper and is yeah, like like you said the cogs are turning and he's he's really kind of keying into like uh uh, this this may be the beginning and and you know it's it's this mix of okay this may not be it and that would mean we still have a shark problem on our mm-hmm. hands and also this realization of the longer we don't have a shark the less my bullshit is <laughs> uh you know hidden the yeah. less the less i'm able to keep up this idea that everything's fine so mm-hmm. he you know has this look on his face that's a, a little bit legitimate concern for the first time and a little bit oh i'm screwed mm-hmm. mm. yeah and i don't want to sort of like jump ahead to the to the next moment but what's interesting as well in that this being the first time that larry sort of acknowledges that a shark might have been responsible there's the 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 flip side to that which we see happen Mm. very very quickly after this when mrs kintner arrives so it's Mm -hmm. it's not all 
you know, back slapping, yay, we caught the shark, isn't this great? Now the people are going to come back. Now, you know, no one else is going to die. The cover-up sort of comes out uh, really quickly after this and that that anger is directed at Brody and we'll get into that because I think that's something we spoke about in sort of the town meeting scene and other moments as well where you in particular, MJ, were like, why didn't Brody say anything about Chrissy? Um, And we get that sort of uh, come to a a head in a pretty dramatic moment that we'll be talking about next. But yeah, there's the... Why I don't know why more more blame isn't put towards Larry. I mean, he's clearly a very respected, well-known person in society, and Brody mm-hmm. is the outsider. I guess I think I think that's it. Actually, I've just nailed it. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah, I. It's 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 a tough uh not position to be in but it's just like this is some of the toughest stuff thematically in the movie like this is Mm. i mean i think it goes to show that like the hero isn't all perfect and i think that's great Mm -hmm. um you know it really kind of humanizes brody but we'll talk about that more next week i think we're talking too much about the the (laughs) follow-up scene i guess but Mm -hmm. uh this this scene one of the things i love is uh a couple things about Hooper's tone. One, like you said, it's very business, mm-hmm. but any hint of snark is completely gone to the point where he's now on the defensive trying to reassure, like he doesn't want to ruin Brody's life. And that's how Brody kind of lo- mm. <laughs> looks right now. <laughs> and so he's saying, look, it probably is. It probably is. You know, like he's, he's trying to say like the, the odds are, you know, he's, he goes from like, it's one, it's, it's a hundred to one, it's a hundred to one to like, this is also probably your shark because it's rare. It's a man eater. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to, to ride this line of like, look, we need to get real data and real observational proof that this is the shark. Because if it's not, that's a costly mistake. Mm. But yeah. it also probably is. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's, it- one thing I really like about Hooper's kind of big bit of dialogue when he sort of you know, says it probably is, it's a man-eater, etc. I've just got the script up in front of me so I can make sure I get it right. But he says, um, I want to be sure, you want to be sure, we all want to be sure. So it is including every all of the interested parties in kind of what he's saying. It's not just him being like, I need to get conclusive answers. He is addressing Brody he's appealing to him he's appealing to the mayor as well and Mm -hmm. it's I mean he puts his point across very well like you said all snark is gone and it's like business hooper is here and he's really just but he's also just and it's the it's one of the more human sides of hooper that we've seen I think so far and we sort of see the walls come down a little bit um in the dinner scene and there's other moments as well where he sort of like you know pulls faces and stuff and really lets his feelings be known clearly but in this in this bit he is he he really just wants to do the right thing and i think he sees the it's all on him in this moment really without sort of like putting you know too much responsibility on him it's only his word against all these other people in this moment. Yeah. So he needs 
obviously like you know i said he wants to be sure but he he is putting that across to brody he's like you also need to know this larry you also need to know this this is something we are all in together this isn't just me the guy who knows about sharks come along and saying all this stuff it's like no we need to we need to be united in in what we're going to do next and it is kind of hooper against the world at this at this point because there's a dead shark hanging up behind them and i think i think it's significant that we still see the shark in this scene as well it's that kind of like looming (laughs) looming presence like we spoke about quint in the last scene sort of popping up in the background the shark is hanging in the background we see its head there and the fisherman who caught it as well so those sort of involved in this capture of the shark are all there and present and milling about in the background and hooper in this kind of one one speech or like one moment really needs to convince these guys that this isn't over and this is what we need to do next so there's a lot on his shoulders at this point so he can't be you know snarky hooper at this stage he has to be you know incredibly focused for a start but also just appealing and really i mean i don't know if pleading is the right is the right word because he's not sort of on his hands and knees and being like please we have to cut open the shark but like he is he is appealing to i think what he knows will get to them especially brody i think yeah i also think i know i said the snark is gone and which makes it even funnier that he calls these guys bozos yes um (laughs) he he says the odds that these bozos caught your shark is 100 to 1 100 to 1 and like it's super funny to me because he is very business. There's no, there's like, he's like you said, he makes his feelings known. Like he's like, look, these guys are absolute morons. Like <laughs> this, I had one guy like threatening to stuff my head. He didn't even know what kind of shark it was. Some other guy was blowing on my fucking neck. Like, wh- I, I don't know how these guys like the leap day. William didn't know what chumming was. They like, Uh, so the the fact that he's acknowledging like look these guys are real stupid and the the the, the odds that they you know caught the shark instead of just like some random shark for you know fortune and glory is is very very minimal because these guys had no idea what they were doing and to the point where granted uh i don't think he knows all the dynamics to the point where you didn't ask, oh, hey, are you the guys who caught it? You mm-hmm. asked, did Ben Gardner catch this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, confirmed, I think, that uh, both Hooper and uh, Brody listened to this podcast because we've been calling these guys the chumps for weeks. Uh, yeah. So when Hooper referred to them as bozos, you better believe I made a note of that because I was like, he knows. <laughs> he knows it couldn't have been these guys because uh, how could it have been? yeah uh man this scene's so great (laughs) it really is i i just want to pull up something because i i couldn't quite hear it and also it didn't come up in the subtitles but i knew it was a really good line so i was like i need to look it up um but in the script it's so it's when hooper is talking to uh the fishermen so sort of at the start of this moment um and he says to them i'm not saying it's not the shark i am saying what i'm saying is that it may not be the shark it's just a slight difference in semantics, but I don't want to get beaten up for it. I really love that. <laughs> because it's like, he's like, I'm. you can just imagine this like 
It doesn't have the dialogue that the fishermen are saying it, but you can just imagine them being like, of course it's a shark, it's a shark, can't you see it's a shark? And he's like, yeah, I'm not denying it's a shark, I'm just saying it's not the shark. I'm just saying it's also part tiger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you you didn't even, couldn't even grasp the concept of a tiger shark existing, let alone that, this, that there might be other sharks in the, man-eating sharks in the water, but... Yeah, that we spoke about it last week a little bit, but it's worth mentioning again. That change in tone from the a oh, what <laughs> to then being like, uh, what is it? It's like let me stuff your. I'm gonna stuff your friggin' head. <laughs> so good, like it might as well not even be the same guy. Like the change in voice is so different. <laughs> it's so di- like he. It's like he goes from it. It's like he goes through puberty in one cut. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, or he just suddenly, I don't know, I don't know what happens in those, like, few seconds, but he goes from just being this, like, it's, it's even just the tone, the way he says it, he's sort of, like, very, like, high-pitched when he says, he says or what, and it yep. doesn't, it doesn't sound like his real voice. I think the, what we hear from him next is, is closer to his real voice, but it's just... I think so. Yeah, I think so too. But what's super funny is it's clearly not ADR'd. Like, it's yeah. very obvious they didn't dub that line. So that guy sounds like that sometimes, apparently. Mm. Yeah, I... um, What did I write down about? Oh, Leap Day William, uh, which is how I refer to him in all of my notes now. Um, uh-huh. When he's... Why wouldn't you? <laughs> when he... Exactly. When he says... um. Well, they're talking about like what is this bite radius and then <laughs> leap day william is in the background like with his like hands up against like the shark's jaws like it is a big mouth look at it and it just it really amused me that obviously hooper was in there with like the tape measure and stuff and the scientific and uh leap day william is using that very scientific uh measure of here's how far apart my hands are uh therefore yeah. that's how big this shark's mouth is <laughs> shark's mouth is <laughs> oh <laughs> well and also he doesn't know which bite radius they're talking about like i don't think that the, these are guys who don't know about chrissy yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when he's talking about bite radius and they're like the, what is it with this bite radius crap like it's not like hooper can be like oh you know the woman who died last week <laughs> that no one knows about because your moron leaders have decided to cover that up from you mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> these, I mean, I think it's just the last we see of these guys. I was really just relishing every moment we got with them because they're 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 quite something. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> may done we all may we all have the confidence of a guy who was acting in a major motion picture <laughs> to be like, I'm gonna blow on this guy's neck <laughs> as an acting choice. He might be, uh, he's certainly up there with my favourite kind of background characters, extras, along with the guy like running into the water looking like he's having the best time of his life. Because... The Margaritaville guy? Yeah, the Margaritaville guy. <laughs> because I just, was that in the, I mean, I doubt that was There's in the There's no way. I doubt There's that was in no the script. There's no way. <laughs> it doesn't say in the script that I'm looking at anyway guy blows on neck but then what makes that even funnier is that richard dreyfus's reaction is his real reaction (laughs) yeah definitely well and it says so much about that guy who's like 
okay, I know I'm not an actor, but what would I do if I was frustrated in this moment? I got it. <laughs> I was going to blow on his neck. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that we both picked up on that. That was honestly the first thing I wrote down in my notes because I was just yeah. so delighted to have... Last week was like the, the week that we all kind of had these mind-blowing revelations about things that we hadn't seen before that meant a lot and you could really like unpack and go into in detail and and this week the thing that we noticed was this like stupid guy just (laughs) blowing on Hooper's neck (laughs) I can't believe I've never noticed that before I legitimately was like what the hell like what wait what (laughs) is he actually blowing on that guy's neck and uh yeah I did the same thing I rewound it and rewatched it and was like wow sure enough that's exactly what's (laughs) happening there he is yeah yeah i think because obviously like the focus is on tiger shark guy he's the one who is sort of talking and being the most confrontational towards hooper so that's where you're drawn to is is him talking you know because he's saying like i'm gonna stuff your friggin head in there or whatever it is but yeah it's uh what a what a treat those three guys are i would like to see a spin-off film uh involving those three maybe their origin story maybe like how they came to how they became friends or Mm -hmm. just them getting up to all kinds of ill-advised sea-based exploits is what i would like to see i would very much watch that i think it should be a tv show (laughs) Mm. i would watch it i would watch a television show of these guys Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah it's like a a slapstick comedy type of thing of just like what are these guys gonna what are they gonna do next what hijinks on the high seas are they gonna uh, get up to yeah we'll get um jack mcbrayer to play from 30 rock to play <laughs> Lee Day william because he already did that in the episode yeah, it's come full circle and then we'll get bobby cannavale bobby cannavale can be the uh, tiger shark guy <laughs> and then uh Creed Bratton from the American <laughs> office can play. I think his name's oh, Frank. Okay. I think that's the guy that, that he says Frank. Cause he, he's the one who says like, what kind of shark is it? And he mm. says, I think it's a Mako. And then leap day William tells him like, oh, it's got a big, it's got a deep throat, Frank. And then Frank's just like stabbing <laughs> it with his pen knife for no reason. Oh. <laughs> just doing everything to make his small moment in the spotlight. Really, really shine. Yep. I mean, the 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 thing is, like, I think these guys are all local guys, but they did very much kind of key into whatever, like, how to play these guys. Like, I don't, you know, I, I really don't think that they're this bad at fishing in real life if that's kind of their job like and so the fact that they were like oh what would a moron do like what would what would just like a complete novice who's just out here for like the 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 quote-unquote sexier parts of this like the 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 name recognition what would they do in this situation and like i don't know if they were just directed super well or if they just naturally kind of locked into like Okay, if I was like a complete like young beginner who's just like knows nothing from nothing, uh, what what would uh, what would I do in this situation? Like they they're really they're really good. <laughs> they are. They 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 deserve more credit, which is why they should get a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're gonna Netflix. Please call us. 
Ted Sarandos, I'm waiting for your... Yeah, we have, we've we nothing on, really. We're just waiting by our phones uh, for someone to pick up one of these insane ideas and give us lots of money, um, which would be great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's another really great uh, but brief uh, goofy Hendrix moment in this scene as well. Um, yes. He's just... He honestly looks like looks and sounds like he is a few beers deep at this point like he has just been having a wonderful old time in the sunshine with the fisherman um but he's still holding the sign i think that's the thing that makes me laugh like he's he's still got it like in his hand yep and um what is it he, he said he's like terrific huh mayor or something like that but he just looks so pleased with himself yeah <laughs> he very much i think i've referenced hendrix in relation to this guy before um, there's a, a a character on the Andy Griffith show that was kind of like a, a bumpkin-y type guy that his his name was Gomer <laughs> Pyle and he was a fan favorite character on the Andy Griffith show and ended up with a uh, uh, a spinoff show of his own where Gomer went to the Marine Corps called Gomer Pyle USMC and I feel like the guy who played Hendrix was very much like, I am Amity's Gomer Pyle because he's just this like sort of bright eyed, naive type of like nice guy who's a little aloof and wants to do right by everyone, but doesn't necessarily know what that means all of the time, but not in a malicious way in an actually like very sweet natured and Mm. kind way. And I feel like that's Hendrix. Like, I don't think <laughs> Hendrix means to be kind of no. stupid, but he he very much is. Like he's just he's just very naive. He's just mm-hmm. a very naive guy. Yeah, Hendrix is a precious angel who must be protected at all costs. He is too good and pure for this world. I feel, <laughs> particularly this world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and I think too, like he he very obviously like cares kind of about what's going on, but he he you know he might feel his hands are tied. He shows. Uh, you know, he kind of cowers when it comes to the intimidation mm-hmm. from the mayor and, and Harry. And um, but he's obviously very clearly traumatized mm-hmm. by what he's seen. Like, you know, it's it's affected him. Like he's 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 having a rough go of things at the beginning of the film when he finds Chrissy's remains. You know, like it's he, he's not like mm-hmm. completely calloused. Yeah. I don't know if we do we see much more of Hendrix following this or. It's kind of all Brody from this point, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah, we, this is where it gets... From this point forward, it kicks into mm. high high gear with um, Brody and Hooper kind of putting together the case. Mm. Yeah, because we get the the actual autopsy when that happens, and the which I'm mm-hmm. very excited to talk about just because the guests we have on for that will tell us everything we've ever needed to know about a shark autopsy, so that's gonna be good to talk about um but yeah yeah you're right it's kind of i don't we'll, we'll have to be on the lookout for him because i'm not sure off the top of my head if we even see hendrix again after this point or if we do he's probably just in the background like i imagine he's on the beach or something fourth of july weekend <laughs> not like with you know a foil in front of him or like putting sun cream on or anything but like working you just assume oh no wait you do see him again Mm. he is on one of the boats when they've got like the shark spotters out yeah oh so he mm -hmm. is he one of the 
Is he one of the ones who pulls a gun on a child? Because they, I they... don't think so, and I don't think he has it in him to do that. But he's definitely on one of the boats because he is like radioing across to to Brody at some point. So he's not he, he's not kicking back on the beach. Yeah. He is he continues to work. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing Hendrix again at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good for him. <laughs> good for Hendrix. I love that for him. Did you Did you have anything else? I think I've covered most of my stuff. No, I think that's mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um. All right. Well, we have uh, a winner of our competition, uh, which we have been running for the last month or so, I think. Um. So yeah. we selected a winner this afternoon. I put them all the names into a randomizer. I sent the video evidence to MJ of me doing it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh there's no no foul play to be uh suspected here um and we are very excited to announce that the winner of our competition to win a t-shirt um is uh at the enigma griff who was a guest uh on the podcast a few weeks ago so very well done to griff and um i am sure you are listening to this so drop us a message and we will get your details and make sure that is sent out to you um but yeah thank you to everyone who entered uh better luck next time i'm sure there will be a next time and we'll do another competition at some point in the future because Mm -hmm. i think that we will not rest until everyone in the world has (laughs) a jaws for a minute or jaws o'clock t-shirt so we will uh, attempt to hook you up at some point in the future with another competition but very well done to griff and um if you are feeling uh, bereft and uh, left out and very upset that you didn't win a t-shirt this time around, don't worry because you can buy a t-shirt. Um, you can get those through Public and Redbubble and the link is in our Twitter bio if you want to do that. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jaws for a Minute and I am at Sarah Buddery and MJ is at MJSmith891. Um, so you can go and follow us and follow uh, find all the links and stuff on our twitter bio um including another one our coffee page um if you would like to buy us a coffee and support the show in that way we would really appreciate that and you can find a link for how to do that uh on twitter uh, <laughs> i'm bad at doing this outro bit. i'm just like go to the twitter click a thing follow things um if you want to send us an email uh, with any feedback or questions or just to ask us something, I don't know, uh, you can email us jawsforaminute at gmail.com. And I think that is everything. Oh, no, wait, you can uh, rate and review on your podcatcher of choice. That mm. really helps us out. We, uh, at some point in the week, we climbed to like 25 in the UK film history charts. Um, I know, I was what? very excited, but then it dropped like immediately the next day so uh, you gotta gotta do better guys gotta leave those <laughs> leave those reviews and ratings and uh help help us boost our way up the charts and uh compete with all of those big hitters there is another jaws podcast which like constantly sits at the top in the film history the wondery yeah inside jaws by wondering it's I was a real about good to podcast. Say, what are those? It's... What are those guys? No. <laughs>
It's the weird thing. The the thing that does piss me off about it, I'm not gonna lie, is that the show's been over for like yeah. almost two years. When are, what content are they putting out? Are they putting out this kind of quality comedic content every week? No, they are not. So instead of listening to them, uh, listen to us and <laughs> review. Uh, leave us a rating um, on Apple Podcasts. I think is the best place to do that, or wherever you can do that helps us out and that will help us climb those charts and uh eventually we will beat uh the inside jaws podcast uh maybe um okay i think that is about it for this week before i ramble anymore and get myself into trouble with any other jaws related podcasts um so until next week it's jaws o'clock somewhere